welcome back. It's, uh, it's Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. As always, I'm Roscoe, joined by the fabulous fanalist Steph. I'd ask how you're feeling, but that's pretty self-explanatory after another embarrassing loss. Yeah, I think it's pretty evident tonight, especially I took on the role of tweeting a little more, and oh, it's just so hard to hold in the emotion, but... Wow, I seriously thought we were off to a good start in the beginning with the goal from Matthews, 200th goal, but what happened, Johnny? Um, exactly the same thing that keeps happening every night. I, They don't care. Like, one thing happens, this team gets deflated, and they stop playing. And I'm sorry, I've seen it all over Twitter, and I have to agree, like, they could get Keith fired just because they are refusing to play for him at this point. Like, they... No, maybe not no fault of his, but man, these guys can play so much better than they have been. All of them. Even the ones on the yeah. fourth line. Even, like these guys, it doesn't matter what they're making on this team. Everybody should be playing better. The only one who's yeah. maybe played up to their standard tonight is Jack, who will let in one bad goal. But when you have absolutely nobody playing in front of you, what else are you going to do? Yeah, it's... It's an embarrassment at this point. It's absolutely just frustrating. I don't. I can't even put it into words because I felt like tonight was a must win. Maybe it's just me, but you know the hype around Twitter and the Leaf fans. We just needed this win and to see where the superstars are at. But you're you're right when you say they gave up. I don't know. Ah, <laughs> and and in a night where you're going up against Freddie, you're going up against an undefeated Canes team. Like, there's just a lot on the line here, and a lot where you can prove everybody wrong and prove everybody on Twitter who's been positive right. And my God, did they do the opposite? Yeah, exactly. Like we knew the Canes were four zero going into tonight, and we were wondering what is Freddie going to do against his old team. But no, tonight he posted a 0.960 save percentage he was an absolute brick wall and yeah it's it's an embarrassment it's just I don't know what to do at this point because we know that Keith changed up the lineup he even switched the defensive pairs at the at in the third period and I don't know I I thought bunting though had he was good on the first line, I gotta say, in the first period anyways. Like, the first period was the best for me, but the second... I don't know what's going on with the second period. They just fail so think, hard. Was it 14 or 13 goals in the second period so far this season that they've let in? Compared to the yeah. 13 that they've scored? This is insane. Like Yeah, 12 second period goals versus 13 in there. total. That's, that's nuts. And it was totally unacceptable for the first 10 minutes of the, se- the second period, one shot on goal. Are you absolutely kidding me? Even the whole totals tonight, Matthews, two shots. Tavares, one shot. Marner, no shots. He's he, ranked he did fo- have one. I, they might not have credited him with one, but he did have one. <laughs> okay. When it, last time I checked, Yahoo didn't give him the credit yet, but so far he's ranked 465. Five on Yahoo. Oh my god. I feel bad for these fantasy owners who took the chance on Marner. And you thought he was going to be amazing this year, especially after Matthew's returning after wrist surgery. So... Uh, just back to Freddie for a sec. 
they showed a stat in the game. I had to take a picture of this because this is just so in line with what's going on with the Leafs right now. 2016-17, Freddie posted a 367 goals against an 876 save percentage in uh, October. And uh, just continued on being 17-18, 346 goals against, 1920, 3.03 goals against, 2021, 3.01 goals against. This year with the Canes, 1.75 and a 944 save percentage because of course he does. Yeah, like, oh, of course. I mean, I get it. Ethan Bear and, and Cole and all these guys on defense. I, I'll throw D'Angelo in because he's good. Their, their defense is good. I'll give it to them. But man, Freddie is just like reborn. Yeah, this is an absolute steal for the Carolina Hurricanes to get Freddie Anderson signed after having an injured Peter Morazic. I know we have him now, but did you also see the stat of five goalies that the Leafs had that were conjoined with Carolina once in their career as well? <laughs> like yeah, Bernier was there, wasn't he? And Reimer was there. Reimer, McElhaney. Oh my god. Uh, Morazic, like Wild. it's. But Carolina is 21-3-5 at home since last year, and they prove why they are so good. This team is stacked, and now they have Freddie and Nett, and he's known for the Leafs for having off Octobers, but he's just proving everyone wrong at this point. And you wonder, what was the problem before? Was it what was in front of him? Was it Freddie? Because I know a lot of the people put the blame on Freddie, right? But... This change of scenery, the red, it's its just... There's a culture <laughs> He's like problem a whole new the guy. Yeah. There, there has to be. There, I don't know if it's... You can't even pinpoint one player in the, in the locker room, but there's a problem with the culture around this team because I don't know if it's its just they're expected. Like they, they hyped themselves up and everybody around them has hyped them up that they feel like they don't even have to try, that they're just so much better. And they come out and they get their asses handed to them night after night. Like, I, yeah. this is just getting embarrassing. They need to... They need to try a lot harder than they are, and I don't know how you can shake up this uh, this locker room or just and maybe it's all the way to the top of the organization. Like I, I don't want to be one of those you know fire everybody people, but clearly mm-hmm. everyone who's left this team in the last couple of years has done better, and everyone who has stayed on this team or come into it. I mean, look, Cody Cece, not a great defenseman, had an amazing year after he left. Tyson Berry, amazing after he left. Zach Hyman is off to an amazing start. Freddie, same thing. What the fuck is wrong with this locker room? Seriously, Zach Hyman already has more goals than our top two lines combined. So that tells you alone there is something wrong. I don't know what, where this bad juju came from. And people are saying on Twitter and all over social media, oh, it's only six games. Oh, this and this and that. Well, guess what? Nothing has changed. That's why we are so upset. There are so many reasons why this it's only game whatever is bullshit. Anybody who watched the Jays last year, knows that they, or this just in the last two months, knows that they missed the offseason by one game. That's a 163-game season. Equivalent to NHL, that's half a game. That's an overtime loss that they were separated from the playoffs by. So don't give me this shit, it's game six. All of these are going to come back and matter. When Even if the, the Leafs manage to pull their shit together and make a wild card spot, and everybody's complaining, oh, we have to play Tampa, oh, we have to play Boston, shouldn't have fucking lost all those games in the first month of the season then. Maybe you'd have a better spot in the standings. 
Yeah, those beginning season games give you a little jump and usually the Leafs out the Leafs start so strong in the season and then they go downhill usually in December, January and then it just goes down and down and down. So I kind of told myself in the beginning of this season, maybe it's reverse, you know, we start on a slump and then it'll get better, you know, just trying to be positive, but time and time again they're just proving me wrong. Like and I, you know, I like to give everyone the benefit of the doubt, but I'm losing these options here. <laughs> yeah, there, there's something lost in the attitude of this team. Like I saw um, O-Dog on Overdrive today was just ripping into them saying like, you know, these the problems that they're having are the same problems that they had at the end of last season. It's not like that's changed. The, like Everybody's absent from the top lines. Their power play sucks. Like what? Mm-hmm. They're they're off to slow starts. Like the, I mean, all three of them are talking about it. It's just it's embarrassing that nothing has changed and everybody's still all up on this team and and defending all these players as if like oh it's it's just going to turn around. Well, give me any any reason to believe that this is going to turn around because these the interviews after the last game were embarrassing. Like yeah, and the the ones going into tonight. Oh, what did you see? What Matthew said about about what it was going to be like to play Freddy? Yes, and I was just going to bring that up. Like, why is it going to be funny, Matthews? Is this some sort of Gen Z lingo? Like, this is not funny, okay? This is not funny. This is embarrassing at this point. And what's funny is the amount of money you make per minute on the ice. That's a calculation I didn't need to know. But thank you for showing that in my my morning. I know. I'm so sorry, Johnny. It, It just... This is where my anger comes from within. When you do the calculation, it literally, if they play 20 minutes on ice, it's equivalent to $6,700 per minute. We're in the wrong careers, eh? (laughs) But, uh, it's, but if we go down to the game, I I really want to just talk about how a lot of turnovers again. And I found found myself hearing the announcers say a lot, oh, icing, so we're going to bring the big guns out in the offensive zone. And what happens right after? They lose the damn puck and there's a big rush down the ice. Yeah, I, like the face-offs and the maintenance of, or the maintaining of possession in the offensive zone was awful. The neutral zone was awful. They couldn't get out of their own zone half the time. Pierre Engvall had like 12 turnovers, I swear to God, this game. He was awful. So many of them. Yeah, I really wanted to talk highly about Pierre Engvall and the start of this season. And he was off to a great start. And I'm like, oh, something more to talk about than his giant ass neck. But no, it's back to the same narrative. and Just lost giraffe on the ice, unfortunately. Yeah, literally. And then you see that pe- uh, no penalty for the high stick on Marner, which, oh okay. Oh, my God. Okay. Like, everything against Marner aside, this guy took a high stick, a follow-through. Okay. Yeah. The guy's missing, like, three teeth. He's getting married this year, the poor guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And this is the point with the mouth guard, right? This is why I... It's my biggest pet peeve when I see the mouth guard hanging out of the player's mouth keep the damn thing in and you maybe you might not lose a couple teeth when you play kids keep your mouth guard in your mouth 
I'm That's interested why to it's see, in there. I want to see the, the clip again. I'll have to find that to see if he had it hanging out of his mouth when he took that high stick. Because then I'll feel a little less bad for him. But ah. still, that was... I cannot believe there was no call on that. It was insane. Yeah, that's a kind of a stupid rule, right? Because there was blood. He was out for a good chunk there, but... There was a lot of weird Ooh. calls, non-calls. I don't know. This is... I was expecting... Yeah. Like, I, I tweeted it out. I thought Simmons was going to kick the shit out of somebody tonight. It was getting really heated out there. I was surprised, too. And especially after that huge Richie hit, right? You yeah. thought something was going to happen. Yeah, so uh, what it looked like was... Simmons caught Pesci between the legs, <laughs> just kind of speared him right in the right in the sack there, and he went down on his knees. And as he was coming down, uh, Richie was just flying in for a hit. And Richie's big. That was just unlucky yeah. timing. I mean, right right away, I tweeted, and I saw a couple other people did too uh, that that might get another look for uh, a suspension. But once they show the the replay of it, you kind of see how it happened. It's just a really unlucky hit and unlucky timing for Pesci who just got absolutely demolished against the boards he got crushed Richie is 230 pounds he was flying down that ice and just demolished Pesci so I kind of feel bad for the kid because you know Pesci's so little but yeah it's the first time I gotta say Johnny that I've noticed Richie on the ice since he's been on the fourth line or yeah. from the first, second, third. Like, that hit was huge. But then afterwards, it was like la-la land again. I'm just wondering, like, this is the highest paid player we've acquired in the off season. Yeah. So, of course, Dubis wants this kid on the first or second line. But, damn, like, are we going to pay him $5 million a year just to be a bone crusher? Or, like, what's his role? It's It can't be that. And as much as... It would be great if he could create some offensive chances on the third or fourth line, especially with Mikheyev out. It's it's not what they need from him. And I mean, the, the lines were switched up a lot tonight. We saw Marner get bumped down to the second line. Willie took his spot on the first uh, with Bunting and, and Matthews. And I think that line off the beginning was okay. And I wouldn't scrap the idea. Um, I do like JT kind of making Marner a little more responsible instead of Marner getting to go out and play with his best friend like it's NHL fucking 22 and I don't know it's it's a, it's getting too buddy buddy with them like they got to get their heads back in the game like they're making a lot of money to play this like, yeah it's it's got to be a little bit more than a game for them you know yeah and I do like Kerfoot on that second line as well I I noticed that he was getting a lot of pucks but Overall, the team were they were not winning puck battles. They were losing it left, right, and center. Even <sighs> off the faceoff, it was just like even if the Leafs won the draw, the puck was gone right afterwards. So, yeah, and Sandine losing that battle to Niederreiter that cost them a goal. Oh, or, like it was that just one. Tough. Yeah, that one unfortunately was on Campbell. I think he was watching a little too much of the puck battle in front of him where's this puck going to go but the first one that sunk in totally not his fault it was a tip and there was no chance for Campbell but the second one ugh, bad goal yeah really it almost looked like he didn't expect the shot to come like Sandin was going to completely tie him up and then it just squeaked past him it was bad now with the power play as bad as it is why is Keith pulling the goalie with three and a half minutes left like, what, what have these guys done to prove that an extra attacker and no goalie is going to be beneficial for them? 
Yeah, I guess they have nothing to lose at that point, right? They just want to generate anything, but I'm kind of with you at the same time. You're just like, something has to work because tonight, the second power play by far were way better than the first power play unit yeah, once again. as they have been night in and night out. But unfortunately, five on five is still better than the second power play unit, which is still better than the first power play unit, which is unacceptable. Actually, the penalty yeah. kill, the second penalty kill is probably better than the five on five, which is better than both power play units. Because Kerfoot and Marner had an amazing chance shorthanded. Yeah. Seriously, and the pe the power play, unfortunately, is still too predictable. Huge stick by Slavin to block the center pass to Marner in the slot. Like, we all know it's coming. It's It just happened time and time again. And then the second power play comes on, and it's just shot on the net, shot on the net. And that's what we need. We just need pucks on the net, because tonight... Not enough pucks were on net. Even the final sh shot score of being 22 to 35 for the Canes, not good enough. No. Total embarrassment. So we have a question here uh, sent in from at 194 underscore Luke Man, all the way in Australia. Uh, have teams just figured out the strategy on us for offense, forecheck furiously, and then wait for us to turn it over? And then on defense, let our guys fly around at top speed and then place the stick head in front and get shots is taken like <sighs> yeah they have unfortunately these teams have done their homework that's the thing with us saying nothing has changed because literally nothing has changed all you do all you have to do is scout the team for an hour or two session and you know what is coming unfortunately yeah also uh just to end that tweet off um and I also read it awfully. It was uh, defense. Let our guys fly around at top speed and then place the stick head in front as the shot gets taken. Also, Austin Matthews wraparound goal, individual brilliance. And it was. But it was on Freddie Anderson, who he's probably done that on 4,000 times in practice. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad that he was able to do that. I'm glad, but honestly, I cannot say it was brilliance. It's expected at this point. We needed Austin Matthews to sink something, anything. It was so expected. He it tried went... it again, like, 20 minutes later. <laughs> I was like, going to say that. Oh, my yes. God. That's where we're uh, at? Oh, I got... We're playing NHL 22. Oh, that's how you score. Okay, I'm just going to do the one thing that scores every time. Yeah. What? Button mash. This button works. Honestly, they're button mashing in front of the net, man. The The worst is when you want them to be pushing in front of the net and trying to get those loose pucks and just get the dirty goals like we've been talking about. But, like, they get it in front and then there's four canes pushing them out. Nylander's, like, diving to try to even get a stick close to it. Like, they can't... They have nobody that can push through any of these defensemen to get in front of the net. Freddie was completely yeah. protected. He was. And it was way too easy for him tonight. It We did not make it hard on Freddie. Freddie knew what to expect, even from the new players in the lineup. And I noticed, actually, as well in the third period, the lines changed again from Richie, Tavares, Marner. I'm like, they are literally drawing names out of the hat once again. And even with the defensive pairs. Oh, this made me want to just scream. Oh, Riley Hall, Muzzin Brody. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, I just want to stop. It. Riley and Hall as the first defensive pairing. Are you high? <laughs> like, I guess, uh, I guess the 
thought is that, oh, Riley will pick up for Hall and Brody will pick up for Muzzin, but what what are we supposed to do? Like, you might as well just throw Sandine up up in front, right? And Wait. scratch the Dermot. <laughs> so God. You're, trying, you're trying to tell me that TJ Brody is less defensive of a defenseman than Justin Hall and somehow Morgan Riley is going to benefit from having a less defensive defenseman with him. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know what you're thinking about Dermot too, because I thought tonight he was so shaky and the the one time he tried to shoot on the net, he was just so hesitant and like, "Uh, what am I going to do next? Okay, I'll shoot now. Honestly, I couldn't tell you if he's played a game this year. I haven't noticed him once. Yeah. He hasn't been physical like he usually is. And Dermot can be that greasy player that's not afraid to throw the bod, but no, he just seems so unsure of himself. And I'm glad that they're switching him in out with Lily and trying to keep Lily fresh, but oh my god. Yeah, Lilligren's been <laughs> been taking a decent step considering the team around him is taking a step backwards. Um, Sandine has also looked good, all things considered. So, I mean, there's some positives there. Um, you got to look for something, something that can, yeah. it, you can depend on, um, when everybody else is, is looking for confidence again, like, fuck. Yeah. And it doesn't help when you're looking for that confidence boost that you get another penalty, like camp losing the body position in the third period, too much reaching, too much watching, just like we've discussed in earlier episodes, but always results in a stupid penalty when you're doing that another holding call behind the offensive net like uh on saturday night which is just awful discipline man the penalties they've been taking like you can't complain about all the things that have been missed on you when you guys are taking just god-awful penalties left and right Especially when you're down two or three goals with five minutes left in the period. You're literally not giving yourself a chance to come back in the game. No. (sighs) Bury ourselves deeper and force ourselves to fight an uphill battle. It's just... Yeah. So what, what can change? Like between now and... Because obviously it's too early to move anybody, I assume. Like, what happens mm-hmm. next? Is Does Keith get fired tomorrow morning? <laughs> it's it's unfortunate Honestly. because I don't think, personally, Keith is the problem here. Oh, I, th- I didn't ask awesome if coach. Keith is the problem. I asked, is Keith yeah. getting fired tomorrow? Because whether he's a bad coach or not is irrelevant in national sports. Yeah. And fun fact, he is the fastest coach in NHL history to reach 100 wins. So we know something is going right. But what is next? Next is facing the Chicago Blackhawks, who have the worst record in the lead. They've never held a lead yet this season. So if we lose that game on Wednesday, on my birthday, I'm going to be pissed, let me tell you. Oh, but okay. So looking <sighs> ahead, what do we what do we change for Wednesday against Chicago? Like, is it more line rotations? Like, honestly, I think we, I think the first line should stay as Bunting, Matthews, and Nylander. I mean, Matthews scored regardless of how kind of 
awful the rest of the game was. They still created some chances. They're all proving to be... I mean, Nylander and Bunting are the two that have been working the hardest of the offense this year. I mean, it's tough to say working hard. Like, you, you, when you watch Matthews and Marner, you think they're opening chances for themselves and working hard, but then nothing comes of it. So it's almost hard to define what the hell it is they're doing out there. Like, again, I just see Marner skating around in circles, deciding yeah. what he's going to do. But the second line, what do you do? Second through four. Like, it's just literally throw it at the wall and see where the magnets land at this point because nobody has proven yeah. to be a second line or third line or fourth line player. If, 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 if it were me, I would keep the lines together and give them a little while to build some chem- chemistry, which they should have done in training camp, but in preseason, but we'll not go there. And because if we keep juggling these lines like crazy, they're, it it looks kind of, it's just desperate, you know? Like, so desperate that you're just trying any possibility you might as well put the fourth line on the first line and see what happens but keep the lines together give them a chance to play i know they've been given chances but you know and see if the bunting matthews nylander line can work out and give those opportunities to marner and and Tavares. but that's just me i don't know yeah, I think uh, Kerfoot, Tavares, and Marner is a good second line. I think it's tough to move Spezza off the fourth because it's like when people perform well in the position and with the role they have, you you almost worry about upgrading them and giving them more minutes because then you kind of change the role and you change the opportunities they have and all of a sudden they don't, um, they're not performing and outputting points the same way. So I don't know. I would leave Spezza Simmons as the fourth line, but... It's that middle. Like, where the hell do you put Richie? Where do you put Kasha and Camp? And, um, yeah. like, those guys have just not impressed me so far. Yeah. And I kind of wonder what Kerfoot's thinking, right? Because we know Spezza gets bumped to the first or second line in the third period every single game. So is he thinking, like, what am I doing wrong? It's... Everybody should be thinking, what are you doing wrong? You're all getting <laughs> bumped down the lineup by a 37-year-old. Like, what are you doing? <sighs> He's beating people on icing chases. He Like, th- this should be happening. <laughs> After the fight, w- remember when he took the fight? What was it, in the, in the Columbus series? When nobody did anything to stand up for anyone, and he just ends up fighting at 35 36 years old and they all just left him hanging there it's like since then they've yet to repay him (laughs) like he just keeps running up the debt yeah and you should be protecting this guy the same way you protect your goalies you know this is your veteran on the team he should be wearing that c at this point he is your prime commodity right now at the biggest discount you could ever get before he retires so protect the guy yeah it's weird after the way that these guys treated marlo and then the way that they treated jumbo it's like you'd think that having jason fucking spets on your team would be really cool considering all of them grew up watching him destroy the leafs like that's i think it's really cool to have jason spets on the leafs i don't know about you austin and Hell mitch yeah. but like you guys should be hype. <laughs> yeah 
show the guy some respect like you did with Marlo, your best yeah. buddy there. Yeah, who was making ten times what you guys are paying Spezza right now. Literally, it was like $7 million. Come on. Uh, I know. But i got to say, tonight, a lot of Dougie Hamilton jerseys in the stands. Peter Mrazek jerseys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> People have to switch up their wardrobe here with all the off-season <laughs> acquisitions. But uh, wondering if there's going to be some Freddy jerseys soon. Speaking of the crowd, did you see what they did? Took a page out what? of uh, Pittsburgh's uh, Pittsburgh's book. They did the fucking wave. <laughs> what else? Honestly, as Leaf fans, we've put up with everything under the sun, so I'm not surprised. Like, fuck my mic. Anything else? <laughs> Ugh, it's just so frustrating, man. Um, just because I've made a habit of complaining about broadcasts. Why are we putting such a spotlight on Tony D'Angelo? Like, I'm sorry. Like, I know I brought this up before, but the league needs to decide where they stand on problematic players and behavior. Because, like, I, I'm i not saying cancel him. Let him play. Like, clearly he's earned enough respect from the organization of the Hurricanes to be on the ice. Whatever that mm-hmm. warrants. But we don't need to, while the game is going on, and you could either A, be talking about the game that's going on or be any other player on the ice. Like, why are you, Oh, you know, OHL defenseman of the year and played for Keith from the Sioux Greyhounds. And, you know, he's getting a little redemption. Shut up. Like yeah. this, this is a guy. Wasn't he like the first, I'm, I apologize if I'm mixing him up with one of the other problematic stories we've heard, but was he not the first one like suspended for a racial slur against his own teammate? In the minors. Something like that. And then took a swing, or his goalie punched him in the face because he was shit-talking. Like, he's an awful teammate and an awful person. We don't need to be putting him up on this pedestal and, and talking about how great of a defenseman he is. Let him be a good defenseman. Let him score his points. And let him play for Carolina in silence, honestly. Especially this early in the season. Maybe talk highly about him in the 50 or 60 mark of the season, you know? And you're you're past that half point it, but it's literally like the first two weeks, and now this guy is so high on the pedestal. Nobody on Carolina knows this guy that well yet. Like, come on, give him a chance to at least prove himself one or the other before we start praising a redemption story in this guy. It's not a redemption until he proves anything. Just going to another team and playing doesn't mean any better of a person. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Also, ah. the, can we let the David Ayers thing go? Just as like a sad leaf. <laughs> the amount of times they're talking about his name all night, like, and the amount of clips they show of him, it's like we get it. Yeah, Ugh. I know. I guess it's because that was the last time they faced uh, the Canes. Insane. Where David played. Feels like an eternity ago. Yeah, and he was such a huge story because the guy had a kidney transplant 15 years prior, never thought he would play hockey again in his life, and then it was a huge dream come true. So, of course, we're so happy for the guy, but it's just another thing to rub it in, oh, yeah. salt in the wound. But, yeah, yeah. unfortunate. It's I We just have to wait till Wednesday now and see what they do with Chicago because... It's like de- beating a dead horse, just like last episode. It's it's embarrassing. Yeah, and noth- nothing changed from last night. Um, 
like I don't know if we talked about this on the last show, but oh no, we did the Pittsburgh one. Why the San Jose one was an hour early so they could get the sleep to not be shit against Pittsburgh, and then they lost seven to one. So you had another day off to recoup from what the hell happened there, and you come out and do almost the exact same thing. I'll give it to them; they played a little better in the first and third. But what the fuck is going on with the second period? And I apologize for how vulgar I've been this episode, but I'm angry. We are angry, but we have good reason to be angry. It's not too early. We have not seen any upside besides, oh, Matthew Sliney sunk a goal tonight. Good! He's supposed to be sinking a ton of goals. He's supposed to have a shit ton of shots on net. Pardon my French. For all these but, people talking about, oh, don't Matthews is still going to get the rocket and Mars still going to get 50, 90 points or whatever. They have a lot of fucking ground to make up. Sorry. If you, they're going to get there, they better start scoring maybe. on a much higher pace than this. Like, Yeah, I expect some 4.5 point games coming soon, right? McDavid's got a pretty good head start on you guys. I don't know. Zach Hyman alone has a huge head start on the whole oh, team. So. God. Uh, yeah. So but. I'm I'm kind of tired of talking about this team. We should talk about other games around the league. Yeah, let's. Um, the Coyotes have still not won. Uh, they are 5 and one, losing five three to the Panthers today. Yep, and Florida remains undefeated. It was a showdown of the backup goalies. Well, Buffalo's old goalie Hutton versus Spencer Knight. <laughs> I gotta say, Jumbo Joe, Joe with the first goal of the year with Florida Panthers, a huge power play oh goal. Good on him, playing on the second power play unit. Battle of the defeated versus the undefeated. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Status quo. The uh, the Flames have somehow only played their fifth game today, uh, beating the Rangers up 5-1. to one. Oof. And... Uh, Lots of points around there in that game. Uh, Backlund, Coleman, and Manjapani all picking up two. I was going to grab Manjapani before this game, and I should have. He got two yeah, goals. I was debating on Coleman in another league because he does produce a lot of hits, and people are always saying, oh, he's so good in banger leads. Okay, I didn't because my roster is pretty good, but yeah, the last two games he did not produce any points, so it's a hit or miss with him. Um, other games, we got the uh, Blue Jackets beat up the Stars 4-1. to one. Yeah, I'm pissed about that lone goal from Dallas just because I have Elvis on my roster. I was hoping for that shutout, but unfortunately they sunk the final goal with two and a half minutes left. But Elvis has been doing great this year. I cannot talk down about him. He's really pulling through for his uh, fallen teammate from the summertime, so really happy for him yeah really awful story there and um glad they've been able to uh, kind of hold together as a team and lots of nice things uh said they had a nice ceremony for him on the the first game yeah unfortunately a really awful showing from the stars i've got pavelski on that team and no shots even like just pretty weak <laughs> i mean i know they're a defensive team but wow the blue jackets are not that good speaking yeah, of not I'm... that good um, the Lightning, uh, that can't be right. Lost 5-1 to one to the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah, aren't you so glad uh, about your pickup there, Johnny, today? Brian Elliott? 
So was that you? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you see Tampa's playing Buffalo, and you only have one goalie playing tonight. You're like, yeah, that's yeah, that's probably a lock. I mean, all things considered, with Buffalo's season, that's probably a lock. Nope. Nope. Five to one, and uh, not only that, it was only he only had twenty three shots against. <laughs> Yeah, at the end of the second, they only had 12 shots against versus Tampa with 25, and they were leading, I think, 3-1 at that point, and I just kind of messaged our group, like, what? And I, <laughs> but I think the Sabres got two empty net goals? Yeah, I know. Golovson scored two. Because uh, it says Elliot let in three goals on 23 shots against, but they lost 5-1. to okay. one. <laughs> So that makes sense. Was John Cooper pulled a goalie of four to one in a, the sixth game of the season against the Sabers for coach of the year. <laughs> <sighs> but that uh, Caps and Sense game, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was listening to uh, Ottawa TSN radio this morning. They were talking about how it was definitely going to be Forsberg starting. Uh, looks like both goalies played tonight, and both sucked. Yeah, <laughs> two huge hat tricks. One from Oshi, one from Batherson. It's uh, Oshi's fifth career hat trick. I'm not too sure about Batherson. It might be his first couple, but could be his first. Yeah, the Sens dug themselves selves out of a four-one hole and tied it up in the second until Oshi and and Ovi scored a couple, and it's just back and forth, back and forth, and they ended the game 7-5, to five, Caps beating the Sens, so. Real happy I've got Batherson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a nice one tonight. And uh, so, yeah, with his third goal of the evening, Sens forward Drake Batherson earns his first career hat-trick and the first three-goal game at Canadian Tire Centre since Bobby Ryan in wow. uh, 2020, 5-2 win against Vancouver. Oof. Wow. Four points on the night. Uh, also bagged an assist. Man. Nice. Like, if they weren't against the Capitals, five goals beats most teams. Beats yeah. the Leafs. <laughs> I'm just happy that the Sens came out of that hole. And these teams around the league have been pulling themselves out of the hole, unlike the Leafs. But it's... The power play, the power play really boosts any team. And you look at the scores, it's just power play goal, power play goal. Yeah. yeah, and uh, it'd be nice if, if uh, Mel Hotra could get this power play shit together or if somebody else could get this power play shit together because it's not working. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the Kings and Blues game going on. Gotta say, I have Tarasenko, and he has the only two goals for the St. Louis Blues, so that was a unsure pick of mine from the draft, but I'm so happy he's heating up and leading the way for goals. Uh, another one heating up, Lucas Raymond. Is he worth grabbing if he's uh, available? Lots of talk about Lucas Raymond, especially with him playing on the first line with Tyler Bertuzzi and Dylan Larkin and on the first power play. His roster percentage went up 21%, so he now sits at a 31%. So no one really... Yeah, he doesn't even have a picture. 32. Okay. It he changed from an hour ago. 38th 
and has there no picture. <laughs> yeah, he has four goals, three assists, plus four, two power play points, and 16 shots on net. So I think it's worth it, especially if you're playing with a um, player on your roster that's in and out of the waiver wire. Why not take a chance on him, especially if Detroit has three or four games that week? One I've been struggling with, and I'm curious about your opinion on it, and anybody else who owns him, Pavel Buchnevich, who I was expecting to have a really great year on St. Louis. Uh, he's a, been a pretty good scorer for the Rangers the last couple of years. And is currently 481st and 68% rostered. He's got one goal and uh, was suspended for what seemed like an eternity. Two games that for the, the Blues were spread out over like an entire week. So he's finally back tonight, and uh, Blues are up 2-0, and he's got not even a shot on goal. Not a hit, not a block, nothing. So what's going yeah, on? I think it will take time for him to settle in with the St. Louis Blues, especially they're a team where this scoring is sporadic throughout the roster. And like you said, I had high hopes for him too, coming from a kind of successful New York Rangers team, but we all knew that he was up there in scoring. So it meant nothing but good news with the St. Louis Blues. But that's the thing with the Blues. They have so many high-tiered players and they're spread out all over the lines. Like Pavel Buchnevich plays on the second line with Braden Shin and Caillou, but Man, Caillou has the... been unreal though. I'm surprised he's still second line. Yeah, I'm well, me too. Oh, but Tarasenko would be first on his spot, right? Well, here's the kicker. Tarasenko plays on the third line with Robert Thomas and Ivan Barbashev. So that is why I was so uncertain taking him in the draft. But he plays on the first power play, so I was like, okay, that will give him a chance to move up the lineup. But yeah, he plays on the third line. Unbelievable. But I do hope Buchnevich comes through, especially he plays on the second power play unit with Caillou, so... I know I call him Caillou. I, I can't help myself. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> but time will only tell. But he's not... I don't think he's going to be a consistent scorer, unfortunately. Uh, with that, because I did draft him, unfortunately. Who have you dropped uh, that you didn't expect to drop? I talked a little bit about this on a previous episode, but I just need to bring it up again because it's been bothering me. Jonathan Taves. I thought he was going to be a sneaky pick, right? Because yeah. he's the captain of the Blackhawks, but the Blackhawks are going downhill. And unfortunately, I thought it was going to be an awesome stack with uh, Alex DeBrinkett and Seth Jones. But no, he finally got his first assist last night after six or seven games and he's just been minus 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 so it's been taves for me unfortunately how about you colton pareko <laughs> yikes buddy i uh yeah i took him in the draft i think he was like my last pick um or maybe i picked him up like right after the draft when waivers opened up but he's got two assists and that's about it on the year nothing to write home about in terms of shots blocks nothing no power play points like just a guy who was really hyped up and has just really never met the expectations since his draft yeah 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 another guy who was really hyped up and actually performing to his hype is connor garland 
This is a guy I picked up off the wire in a couple of my leagues, and he's been nothing but successful with the Vancouver Canucks. He has two, no, sorry, three goals, five assists, and one power play point on the season. He plays on the first line after starting the season on the third line, so it's been the best waiver wire pick for me. And also, Jesse, Yesi Puljuvarvi, I can barely <laughs> pronounce his last name, but... Yesi Puljuvarvi. There you go. There you go. Thank you. He's been great. And you can't go wrong with someone playing on McDavid's first line. Oh, but but uh, Hyman's been taking the production away a little bit with the line juggling. But he's Hell been yeah, a he great... Uh, yeah, he's ranked 56th overall on Yahoo. And now he's 78th percent rostered. I think I picked him up around the 25% Unreal. era. And before... Yeah. Uh, so. so, kind of news. I guess not much has happened since our last show, but um, it's. I guess we'll call it news. The Flames, um, in their press conference, announced that they are not going to be naming a captain this year. Uh, we kind of knew that in the absence of Giordano, that there was going to be maybe a year off, but uh, they just straight out came out and said, "Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna stick to the plan of." Just letting the room figure it out, you know. Let the guys gel and play as a co- uh, like a, a team, and see who comes out as a uh, definitive leader in this group. When uh, which is funny because every single person on the team is wearing a C, but nobody is wearing a C. <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly it. The coach says they want to build the cohesiveness in the group. They just want the new guys to get to know each other and don't put the responsibility all on one person like they have in years in the past so i personally think it's a good move because since you have so many new faces in the locker room why not give the opportunity for someone to shine who knows it could be anyone but if you were to give the c to someone who would you pick honestly i i mean it's between kachuk and Honestly, as I as I try to even say it, I wouldn't give it to um, Gaudreau or Monaghan. I don't think they've... Me either. Over the, the years that they've been there, neither of them have really proven themselves or stepped up as a leader of this team. Like, they've never yeah. been... I mean, other than the one year, I had... Oh, I picked up Johnny Gaudreau that year when they just went on a heater. I grabbed him off waivers and just... He scored, like, 30-something goals. It was insane. Um, but uh, since then, they how- have haven't been how was he on waivers first of all this was like before he blew up i'm talking like like i was in college this is like 2014 or 2015 when they went on the that crazy tear the two of them like their first time i was gonna say whoever dropped him in the first place what is that a mickey mouse club league like wow i could not imagine he was no when i picked him up i'd never heard his name before okay fair Um, but I think it's it's going to go to Kachuk or, honestly, Manjapani. If he sticks around with that team and and keeps, you know, growing and um, developing into a star forward that he's been, you know. I mean, look at Team Canada. He was awesome. The guy led that team to uh, a lot of victories. So I think between the two of them, it's obviously leaning more towards Brady because of the... Um, attitude and everything but it just seems like that flames team doesn't 
buy into his attitude as much as people would think they do? Mm-hmm. For me, none of those names come to mind. For me, it's Elias Lindholm. This Ooh. guy leads the team in every aspect. He has points in every game this year. He leads... Uh, even last year, I think he led the team with uh, points. So he's the ultimate fantasy pickup. He's a sneaky late draft pick, and he will always produce. So That's a for good me, pick. Yeah, Elias Lindholm, he should get it if, if he's willing, of course. I know there's some players who just kind of like to produce and be a little quiet in the locker room, but who knows where the team will go and what direction they'll take um, I gotta, I'm so sorry, Brandon, in our league, um, Frozen Octopus, who I'm playing against this week, um, I just checked, even though I have Campbell and Elliot, who lost, um, Campbell only led in three, but Elliot lost, I also led in three, I'm winning in all goalie stats, because, uh, Brandon had Vanacek and Shesterkin in tonight, who did not oh. play well. <laughs> No. <laughs> just Durkin led in five. Oh, Vanacek wasn't playing tonight. For uh, it just has the um, this five seven game, but yeah, yeah, I am. I actually managed to pull out uh, a victory there for goalies. <laughs> yeah, so I, I see that your uh, your point eight nine seven is leading over his point eight six five. So <laughs> yeah, and my thirty seven <laughs> points is leading over your thirty one. Hey now, we are top in our league so far. I'm slowly climbing up. We are, you are first right now. I'm second, but it's okay. I got to get you used to the little winning feeling since you've never won before. It'll be swiped right under your feet soon. Don't worry. It's still early. (laughs) No, that's fair. I've I've historically not played well. It's going to come, going to come in the form of a uh, exit in the first round. I noticed today, Johnny, you dropped Anders Lee. Yeah, I got it. I've been staring at him, and a lot of people. I got the the notification that like forty six hundred people had dropped him or something, and I was like, yeah, I'm at about that point too. Yeah, it's amazing that he's not producing like everyone would think. And if you go to his chat, it's it's definitely two sided. Everyone's like, oh, you're crazy. He gets hits la 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 other people are like nope sorry bye like trade for natures trade lee for stasny really (laughs) yeah i mean the guy's got he had a goal in the first game and since then hasn't gotten a single point and he had one game with six shots on goal other than that he's been absolutely nowhere uh last week he's been down six percent to 64 percent rostered so uh, just Is a rough he, uh, start for him. Taking notes from Marner or something? Like, what's going on here? Hey, I mean, Anders Lee's not uh, exactly a 90-point expected player. He's, what did he get last year? Like, 20? He was injured last year, so he's supposed to have a big rebound year and kill it. But I just got the notifications that the Blues shut out the Kings, which means... My awesome Bennington got a... Sh- oh, no, he didn't play. Ah! Oh. <laughs> get it was Huso. But, okay, fine. Blue still get the win, but shit. <laughs> oh, that oh, sucks. Oh, no. Damn. 
Yeah, my bad. Built myself up for okay. Tarasenko with two goals. I'm happy. I'm happy. Great. <laughs> uh, so let's get into our shootout picks for the week. Uh, as it is Monday, we're gonna change our shootout segment into instead of picking things for the next game, we're gonna uh, take some picks for the week. We'll pick three players that we think are going to uh, kind of like our fantasy picks for the week, just a little one v one, but specifically yeah. to the Leafs. So who you got? Okay. You know what? Matthew scored tonight. He's just going to let the goalie have it tomorrow, which is Mark Andre Fleury, or sorry, Wednesday, Mark Andre Fleury. I assume the Chicago Blackhawks has such an awful D course thus far. So I'm hoping Matthew sinks a couple. Uh, I got to go with Spez again. He's been the man. He continues to be the man all season long. So spez for sure and my third pick you know i really still want my boy camp to sink one but i have a feeling richie is feeling the fire under his butt especially after being demoted to to the fourth line so i'll say richie that's just my random pick out of the hat name okay okay matthew spezza and richie i like it i like it um, I think I'm going to stick with Bunting because I think he's been off to a really great start. He's still on the same uh, bit of a heater that he was at the beginning where he scored those two goals. He hasn't really slowed down. If anything, he's been moved up and has more of an opportunity to score now. So I'm going to go with Bunting. Um, I'll also take... I think uh, JT is going to finally... Get like a real one and not a, you know, it went off his arm and in. I feel like he's got to bring break out the old uh, captain bone and finally score. Um, yeah. And my third one, I want Sandy in to score. I want him to have a really good night. Uh, two games. We got Chicago on Wednesday and then Detroit Saturday. So it should be pretty straightforward defensively for Sandine and give him a chance to... Uh, Maybe show a little offense. Hopefully Lilligren gets in there with him too and they can get some experience against a uh, less shut down team like Carolina is. Yeah. I really hope Sandine sinks one as well with his huge slap shot from the blue line. And I want to see more of that. I know we talked so much about it previously and I haven't seen it from Riley lately either. And if Riley sinks one, that would like be lit- winning the lottery. That's how rare it happens. But... Yeah, speaking of Detroit, um, they are finally a little bit fantasy relevant, I've noticed as well, especially with their goalie, who was a Calder Trophy contender last year from the Carolina Hurricanes. So it's not too bad to pick up a couple of Detroit players, uh, especially with their new defenseman who anchors the first power play, Mort- Mortis Savior. I'm, I'm butchering names all night long. Oh, my God. I don't but... even know who that is. That was a made up player. Yeah, but already has three power play points on the season, five of five assists. So he's also one that I would keep in mind. Sorry, this? my brain is all over fantasy all the time. His name is S E I D E R. Last name Cider Cedar. He's Somebody a rookie. Made that in creative player. Yeah, <laughs> but that first line is Raymond and Cider. So it's not we'll bad. See. All right, we'll wrap it up there. Thanks so much for tuning in to Leafs Late Night. As always, I am Roscoe. 
Steph the Fanalist. Follow us on Twitter at Leafs Late Night. Catch us everywhere you get your podcasts, whether it's Spotify, Apple, Audible, Amazon, anywhere. Have a good night. See you Wednesday.